Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I don't think I've been as excited about a message for a really long time. Um, Some of you may not, some of you maybe will not agree with everything that the Lord has put on my heart to share today, but I ask you not to stone me at least until I'm finished, (laughs) okay? Uh, I I shared some of this uh, with the elders Tuesday night, and I I thought we were in agreement. Uh, Apparently, maybe we're not entirely in agreement as of this morning. Uh, I I don't know how far I'm going to get in this. Um, Hopefully, I'm going to stay in the part that we're in agreement with, and we'll be able to work through some of the rest of that. Uh, But um, there are, uh, there's some passages in in the New Testament that are, have been troubling to me, uh, and I mean, they've been troubling to a lot of people over a very long time, uh, as to how do we interpret what is being said here in light of what's being said here. Because sometimes there's the appearance that, uh, that, that they contradict each other. And uh, my, my hope today is, is that what I will share uh, in... Well, let me give you a little more background. Uh, the message today, and it's, it's probably going to take me three weeks to, to get through this, I'm, I'm thinking. This, this still falls under the heading of spiritual warfare. And, and being prepared, uh, we, we started last week looking at some of the things that uh, Jesus said and, and are, were shown elsewhere in the New Testament of difficulty times of exceeding pressure that are going to come against the church as we approach the end of days or as we approach the day of the Lord. And so last week, uh, I shared a message uh, about some, some really practical things that, that we can do from the Sermon on the Mount to be prepared spiritually for those days because... Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are prepping for various contingencies these days. Uh, my feeling is our, our most critical and important preparation for the days ahead is spiritual. Uh, because the, the pressures, the temptations, the, the persecution that, that will come against the church as, as we approach the day of the Lord, the Lord are, 
the New Testament says, like nothing else the world has seen or will see. So we, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready for, for what's going to come. So uh, I started that last week, and because of the weather, we had a pretty sparse crowd last week, so I, I think I, I probably will end up giving some form of that message again, maybe after we, we get through uh, what I have for the next few weeks, because I, I think it's critical. And, and I, I talked about embracing the voluntary weakness. Oh, and I was going to have... Um, you want to share? <laughs> Just it, give me one minute. Uh, the things that I encouraged us to be involved in pursuing voluntary weakness were, were giving, financial giving, giving ourselves in prayer to the Lord in a, in a purposeful way that, that actually uses up some of our scarce resource of time. And, and then also the voluntary weakness of fasting uh, because it, it challenges the flesh. There, it seems like fasting and speaking in tongues are, are a couple things that, that offend the flesh more than anything else, and it puts the flesh in its rightful place, which is being subservient to the spirit and the soul. So... Barbara <laughs> had something to share in light of one of those things, and uh, th this is a, it's a great testimony. <laughs> I, I think that mic is still on. Well, um, one of my New Year's resolutions was to do... Is it on? Is it? Can you hear? Um, do you know what number that one is? Let's see. Yeah, it's off. Can you unmute five? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> one of my New Year's resolutions was to be more diligent in my giving. And I'm on a fixed income, and I live alone, so I, I often have to depend on the generosity of my friends. <laughs> But um, in, in the messages that were given about giving, the thing that kept coming through was to trust God. And I had to do that as an act of my will. And I often had to pump myself up by quoting God's word back to him. Um, and over... The Valentine's Day weekend, I had Christmas with my son and, and his wife. He just returned from deployment, and so we didn't have Christmas in December. One of the gifts that she always gives the family members are these little lottery scratchers from Colorado called Reindeer Games. And they're very cute. I mean, they're named Blitzen's Bucks and things like that. So it's, <laughs> it's very enjoyable to scratch them off. Well, if you scratched eight tiny reindeer, then you got the prize that was underneath the star. Well, she gave me ten of them. And, you know, you scratch one batch and you get a buck. And then you scratch another one and, you know, nothing. 
Well, I, I um, scratched them off and I got, I won the grand prize, which was several thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so like the message is said, trust him. He can be trusted mm -hmm. and, and his word is true. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I won't get into the theology of buying lottery tickets for yourself. <laughs> but I, it, 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 right, it does remind me of the story of the guy who kept praying to win the lottery and God finally said, you got to at least meet me halfway and buy a ticket. And so, <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> back to the important message for today. Uh, the question that I have entitled this message with is, where will you spend the millennium? And I, I feel like I received... Uh, a revelation and answer uh, this week to to something that has been a, a question in in my heart for a, a really long time and uh, when when I finally uh, received the revelation because there, there's a difference between revelation and information uh, a lot of times we we can read a book and and we get information but then uh, if, if we will take the time to actually study it out ourselves in the scripture, then the Lord will take that information from here and it becomes something in here, which is revelation, which we then can live out. Uh, we, we can live something out that is up here, but it's difficult because we have to keep thinking. Uh, when it becomes revelation, it becomes part of us, and it becomes a truth by which we now choose to live. And, and that's what happened to me this week, and, and my, my spirit was literally uh, jumping within me at, at this revelation. Because it, it's something that uh, is encouraging me uh, to wholeheartedly pursue the bridegroom, Jesus, in, in, in this time of, of history. And, you know, we, we need a, a deeper revelation of Jesus as, as the bridegroom since, since we are called to be part of the bride of Christ as, as those who have received salvation uh, although many are called, few are chosen. And hmm, now you're starting to wonder, hmm, what is he saying? <laughs> uh, and, you know, some of this stuff uh, I, I have known for some time. Uh, but as I said, there's, there's a real difference between something being information and, and something becoming revelation to us. And I, I thank Melanie 
for, for giving me this book by Dale Sides, Will You Make It or Miss It, The, the Thousand-Year Reign of Jesus Christ on the Earth. Uh, this, this was really good. Uh, I, I, I probably would encourage you to read it, but I, I will tell you this, that I don't agree with everything that he, he has in this book. But I do think he's got some serious revelation in, in this book that is very valuable to us. And basically, uh, the parts of Revelation that, that I really appreciate in, in this book are, are also uh, some things that were revelation to Watchman Nee, uh, a Chinese Christian in, in uh, the early mid part of the 20th century, and, and some things that he talked about. So uh, what, what I want to share first, I guess, are, are some things that, that have made me wonder a little bit. Because sometimes when, when we read the Word, sometimes it's clear and, and we say, yes, Lord, and sometimes we say, hmm. Uh, one of those is uh, in Revelation 20. And, and uh, you know, maybe I should tell you what I'm going to tell you and then tell you and then tell you what I told you. And I, I think, so, from, from my, my own historical theological background, which, as many of you know, is, is varied, but I, I grew up as as a, a boy in the Reformed Church, and and the Reformed Church is is really solid theologically for for the most part, but they they uh, do not believe in a um, thousand year reign of Jesus after um, the return of Jesus. Uh, they, their theology is amillennial, which, and I, I have bought into that uh, for my life until this week, okay? <laughs> uh, because it made sense intellectually to me, and note that I say that, it, it never was revelation to me. It was something that I thought out that I thought made sense. Because, well, I, I don't even want to justify it, because uh, we're, we're not going to go there anyway. But I, I now have become convinced through Revelation that there is a 1,000-year reign of Jesus that we look forward to after his return, which is called the Day of the Lord, and it is the seventh day of, of the 7,000-year periods that make up the week of creation. And it is the day of rest. When, when creation will rest and the sons of God will have been revealed and, and they will reign with Jesus on the earth. So... The, the question is, uh, 
Who is going to be with Jesus during that thousand years? Uh, and I, I want to answer that question for you. Uh, and now back to one of those Bible passages that, that used to make me go, hmm. And this is Revelation 20, and this is basically the only passage in the Bible where the thousand-year reign of Jesus is, is mentioned specifically as such, is, is Revelation 20. And I'm going to start in verse 4, because this is not in my notes, and you're not going to find it up there, Daria. Uh, then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. Now that tells me that it was a real possibility that those things could have happened, that they could have chosen those things. So they were here, and, and they did not choose those things. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So far, so good. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So, does that include everybody who is part of the church? Well, it's not clear from this passage. It's not clear that it isn't from this passage, but it's not clear that it is. Now, another passage is John 15, and this is not in the notes either. Because this, this stuff came during worship this morning. John 15, and I'm going to maybe skip around a little bit here. I'll start in verse 4, where Jesus says to his followers, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, 
you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So, Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples, and, and he says that those who abide in him are the ones who keep his commandments. And, and the ones who do not abide, they're thrown away. Well, does that cause you to go, hmm, a little bit? Um, I mean, Jesus' words are, are clear here. Now, there's, there, are, there are a few other passages that, that have made me go, hmm, over the years. And you, you remember that I taught out of Revelation chapter 2 and 3 last year. And in each of those letters to the seven churches, there, there are promises of reward to those who overcome. And, and there's, in, in five of the letters, there's admonition to repent for some of the things that, that were going on. And then for those who do repent and overcome... There were rewards promised. Well, you have to wonder, at, at least I wonder, maybe I'm the only one who thinks of these questions. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, but what about the ones who don't overcome? What happens to them? Uh, are, are they thrown away as well? Well, this, this is what I want to look at today. Is uh, I, I, can, I can now see two Gospels in the New Testament. There's, there's a Gospel of salvation that we all have known about, been taught about, and there is a gospel of the kingdom. And, and there is a distinction between the two. So I, I want to read you just a few little statements from Watchman Nee as, as we prepare to get into this because I, I think he, he brings out some, some really important points of understanding for us. And, and the first of those is the difference between salvation and victory. Some Christians do not know the difference between salvation and victory. This is another cause of uncertainty regarding their salvation. At the moment we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, our new birth and eternal life are secured. Victory, however, is a matter of overcoming sin. The world, the flesh, the self, 
and all other negative things in our daily living. Our eternal destiny as children of God is forever secured by simple faith in Jesus Christ for our salvation. But victory is a matter of our daily life and is related to our future reward. That is a very important distinction. There's there's a difference between our salvation and being an overcomer. Okay? The next one. And again, these these three are from, from Watchman Nee. The difference between salvation and reward. Any Christian who is not clear about the difference between salvation and reward will have difficulty being assured of his salvation. This distinction was fully revealed to Watchman Nee. Salvation is by grace through faith, as we learn in Ephesians 2.8. We're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift from God. And whereas reward is the result of working according to the Lord's will. And a couple references for that are Matthew 16, 27, and 1 Corinthians 3, 14, which I think we will get to eventually. So there's a difference between salvation and reward. Salvation, the free gift of God through faith. Reward has something to do with what we do. And finally, this this is the, the third and... Uh, also very important one, the difference between the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. And this, this again from Watchman Nee. Some Christians hesitate to say that they are saved because the difference between having eternal life and entering into the kingdom of the heavens is not clear to them. When a person believes in the Lord Jesus for his salvation, he receives eternal life. But to enter the kingdom of heaven, one must live his daily life under heaven's rule. Such a living is an excuse or is an exercise in this church age and qualifies us to participate in the Lord's millennial rule in the the kingdom age. Such participation is a reward for living a life under the heavenly rule and is not a matter of eternal salvation. Watchman Nee received a thorough and clear revelation concerning this matter. So, <clears throat> that is uh, the one of these that, that I really wanted to focus on today. So, to, to have eternal life, to be born again, uh, Jesus said in John three sixteen, and most of you could probably repeat this with me. <laughs> and I just lost it. I, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
So all that is necessary to receive eternal life is, is that we believe from our heart in Jesus. That's it. Do, do you believe? Raise your hand. Do, yes. You have eternal life. Yay. That is awesome. Now that we have that settled for everyone, what about the next thousand plus a few years? Uh, that's really what, what I want to look at next because see we, we we've got to enter into this uh, discussion this study with with the understanding that that Jesus is the most eligible bachelor in the universe okay have that revelation, that understanding. There, there is no one who has proven his love, his servanthood, uh, how much he is for his bride. I'm, I mean, he has done it all. And is, is he going to be satisfied with a bride who, who does not see him as that. Uh, he deserves a bride who is absolutely, completely sold out to him and willing to do anything for, for him to receive his glory. Yes. To, to the point of being beheaded. To, to the point of whatever. That, that is, is what Jesus deserves. So now there there are some other passages that prior to this week had had given me some pause uh, at least for for thought and I, I even mentioned one of these a, a few weeks ago when I was talking about my nephew and I feel much better about his future than I did that day. Uh, let's see where there we are. Uh, Galatians five nineteen through twenty one. Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions. It goes on and on. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is it possible 
that people who have eternal life are still doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not possible. It's happening today. Paul says those people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean they're not saved? No. Salvation is a free gift. Inheriting the kingdom, isn't that great? This is great. This is great stuff. You don't have to question your salvation anymore. Ever. Okay? Eternal life is, is yours. But, is it possible that God does not give everything according to free grace? It's more than possible. It, it is fact. Because many places... In, in the New Testament, we, we are told that we will be rewarded according to how we have lived or what we have done. So, our salvation is settled. Our level of reward in our entering the kingdom depend on our response to what Jesus has done for us. And, and I, I remind everyone, again, of something that I said last week, that isn't it great that our past doesn't matter to God anymore? If, if you were not going to inherit the kingdom yesterday, that can change today. And, and this, this is the great thing that, that I, I want you to get. That if, even if you have no reward from yesterday on back, there is still today forward for you to get reward. And there is still today forward for you to secure your place in the kingdom of heaven, the thousand-year reign of Jesus on the earth. And, and to me, that, that is good news. That, that is the gospel. <laughs> the gospel is good news. That, that's the gospel of the kingdom. So... From, from this day forward, uh, let our response be such that we would receive the kingdom. And, you know, I, I have to share um, something that, that really troubled me uh, before this week. Uh, this, this happened about um, two and a half Three years ago, uh, my daughter called me, and and she said, "They're having (laughs) 
there. Ah. They're having an emergency meeting at IHOP. You got to watch this. And I watched this evangelist from, from Africa give this message from the Lord. <laughs> that I, I didn't know what to do with. This guy, I mean, he was, he was sold out to, to the Lord. Uh, had planted numerous churches, had seen all kinds of miracles. Uh, I, I mean, he, he was, the Lord was, was teaching him about high-level spiritual warfare, and, and they were seeing thousands of people come into the kingdom. But the Lord visited this guy and, and his team. And his name is John Melindy, and the message is on YouTube if, if you are so led to watch it, because it, it, it will wreck you. But the bottom line is that the Lord brought him and his team in, into a place of deep repentance. And, and the Lord had spoken to this man. John, if, if I had come today, you, you would not have inherited the kingdom. Before this week, I didn't know what to do with that. But now I do. Now I understand. It, it wasn't that he wasn't saved. It, it wasn't that he did not have eternal life. Because he, he definitely did. But something had crept into his life that was in either the list in Galatians 5 or the one in 1 Corinthians 6 that, that was hidden. And nobody else knew about it. But the Lord knew. And just as Paul said in Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 6, those who are walking in these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I'm, I'm thankful now I understand. It... Uh, it helps some other passages 
to make sense as well. One in 1 Corinthians 9 had puzzled me a great deal. And this is Paul. Starting in 1 Corinthians 9.24, and you, you do have this one, Daria. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way, not as beating the air, but I buffet my body and make it my slave. Lest possibly, after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Without this understanding, this is a very troubling verse. See, Paul wasn't worried about his salvation. But he was concerned about inheriting the kingdom. And he understood that, that to not walk by the Spirit, to not live in, in obedience to the Father, uh, to not fulfill his call would be to become disqualified in terms of inheriting the kingdom, not in terms of salvation and eternal life. And, and I, I dug in a little bit more in, into that word that the English Standard Version says disqualified. Uh, another version says cast away. Which, which is the same word uh, that Jesus used in uh, John 15. Those branches that are cast away. Unapproved, rejected, by implication, worthless, rejected, reprobate, are the other meanings of, of that Greek word. So, uh, finally, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the other passage uh, that, <laughs> and that there are others, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving you all of the passages that I, I used to go, hmm, about, because I'm sure there's still some that I'm about, but this one uh, I think is also important, uh, and it's Hebrews four. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, starting in verse nine of Hebrews four. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work 
just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. And King James says, let us therefore labor to enter that rest. Uh, <clears throat> make every effort is, is the, the better translation. So that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. And he was referring to Korah's rebellion. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So there, there is a judgment seat of Christ by which all believers will pass. And those who are found worthy will inherit the kingdom. I'm not, I don't think today I'm, I'm going to get into where the castaways end up. But I think we, we need to have this understanding that the inheritance of, of the kingdom is, is not automatic. It, it is for those who know Jesus. For, for those who long for his coming as, as the bridegroom king. For, for those from John 15, for those who obey the Father. Uh, this, this, this is important. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, this, this is a truth that has been lost by most of the church un, until maybe the last century. And, and I am thankful uh, for receiving this revelation. And as, as I shared with you and, and confessed last week, uh, that I, I had sort of fallen into focusing too much on what I can see, and had kind of gotten out of the habit of fasting and spending dedicated time in prayer. I never really fell out of the habit of giving, but out of those, those three, I, I had begun to slack off in, in the prayer and the fasting for a while. And... And I, I shared last week that I, I have gotten back into the discipline of fasting and, and the discipline of prayer. And I, I have no doubt 
that uh, my receiving of this revelation has, it was an answer to my prayers and my seeking of the Lord in, in these last few months. Because the Lord promises, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. If we're not seeking, we're not asking, we're not knocking, then we're missing out. Uh, but this, this revelation, this truth, it, it should uh, knock us out of, of any complacency, of, of any passivity in our pursuit of God and his kingdom. And, and it should fire us up <laughs> uh, to, to be like Paul, to say, you know, I, I want to run this race to win. I, I don't want to be one of those who sees the kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Jesus, but is not in it. Oof. And it sure looks to me like that is a real possibility. You do a study on sea and kingdom versus inherit and kingdom and enter kingdom, you, things will begin to make sense. So, I, I think I, I got to quit there because, I mean, I'm on page two out of seven. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, 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 I'm convinced uh, that there will be a millennial reign of Jesus on the earth. And I am motivated to run the race in such a way as, as to not be disqualified from inheriting the kingdom. I, I want to be one of those who has obeyed the Father and been fruitful and abided in Jesus and been found worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, who, who is the bride? And I, I, I said in my uh, email something about that, but I don't think I'm going to be able to uh, <clears throat> get into that part of, of the discussion today. But we, we know in Revelation that, that Jesus uh, will have a bride who has made herself ready. And that implies a proper response to the Lord of those who would be the bride. Hmm. I, I want to pray. Hmm. Father, 
Uh, we thank you for the free gift of eternal life. And we, we are thankful that we have entered into that even now. I thank you that we can begin to enter into your rest even right now by ceasing from our own labors. And Lord, I, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that, that you would give us revelation of the difference between eternal life and your kingdom, of, of the two gospels in the New Testament. And I pray that you would motivate us in our spirit, deep within our heart, to be found worthy. To seek after you, to hunger for you, to thirst, and to obey you in all things. Lord, give us more revelation. And help us to be faithful to the revelation that you have given us. And Jesus, we glorify you. We thank you. You are the king. And we look forward to your kingdom coming on the earth. For your glory. Amen. So let, let, me just, let me just leave you with one thing for, for next week, maybe. So what, what if each of the three persons of the Godhead is responsible for a segment of time in the eternal kingdom of God. See, the Holy Spirit is here now, working in us, giving us revelation, guiding us, empowering us to do the works of the kingdom now. There will be a thousand-year reign on the earth with Jesus as king, ruling from Jerusalem, setting everything in order so that he can present the kingdom to the Father, who will then establish a new heaven and a new earth, at which time all of those who have inherited eternal life will participate. So chew on that <laughs> for the next week. <laughs> and... <laughs>